It's Free Talk Live, where you can take control of the airwaves and talk about whatever is important to you. 603-283-6160 if you would like to weigh in. Thank you minute number 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. Beakless Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. And coming up, we're going to be talking about uh, fasting is a, is a topic I like, right? Uh, because food is important. and I prefer slowing. Some people do. I mean, that that's generally what I would call it when people just like sit on their couch all day eating and not exercising and stuff like that. I, I'm of the mind that fasting probably isn't that much better for you than other diets or other methods of eating. However, just just that discipline, that focus is okay. probably good for a person. We're also going to talk about Paxlovid mouth. Have either of you heard about this? I'm sorry, what? Paxlovid mouth. It's a Paxlovid is evidently a medication for COVID. Oh, okay. And it makes everything it makes your mouth taste like uh terrible. They okay. have they have colorful descriptions, but I don't remember off the top of my head what any of them are. It's nothing vulgar or anything like that. It's just Lame. really gross sounding. Oh, okay. And speaking of gross sounding things, uh you have a story about how urine can help could may be able to help feed the world. Uh, evidently, evidently. Well, I miss doing Sundays with you, man, because you always have the weird <laughs> stories. You, you've also got something about monkeys stealing evidence and a pot vending machine. You've always got a story about monkeys. This, well, okay, escaping, you, you biting people, this, stealing vending machines. They stole key evidence in a murder trial. <laughs> well, that's spoiler what they alert. So on the story of urine and fertilizer and all of that, because I haven't been paying any attention to it because it's largely inconsequential to me. Until it isn't. Until it isn't. Well, and, and that's one of the things. I've got my like, own garden at the moment. So. That you're going to need urine for it. That's what we're saying. <laughs> I have cats, man. If, okay. If I need ammonia, I, I can, I can right. harvest it from my cats. You're covered then. Well, and that and that's one of the things. Like right now, oh sure, we're, no one's paying attention to the oncoming food crisis. No, no, we'll be fine. Well, that, they've been talking about an oncoming food crisis now for like two years. They they said this, you know, okay. eighteen months ago when we were supposed to be running well, out of ham, and then we were supposed that. to be running out of chicken, and we never actually. Okay, ran they were out talking about that before the two largest producers of food on earth decided to go to war with each other. That's a little different. I'm not sure how different it really is. I mean, it's, it's the same fear mongering that we've been dealing with for well, okay, since, since at least COVID started, and probably well, long and, before and that. okay, and one of the things like the uh, as I'm sure you're aware, the the uh, inflation on prices is getting kind of ridiculous at this point. So anything that affect that affects the food supply is going to uh, more uh, more adversely affect your prices on on food, since all of the prices are are getting jacked up because of all the money they printed. Well, they're, they're You're certainly the one likely, with your own garden. Yes, they're okay. Well, I also have time in which to okay. have said garden, but there, there's certainly an economic reckoning coming, right? I mean, that's a given with the amount of inflation that's going on, with the constant, with the wars, with the shortages, with the supply uh, cargo ships sitting off the coasts. Certainly, some sort of economic hardship is coming. Another issue with well, the garden was that, I mean, Conan, I do Tuesday nights with him. He's been telling us for years to start a garden. And finally, okay. I was like, okay, let, Bonnie and I was like, let's do it then. Let's smart. actually yeah. start a garden. It so. is smart, but it mitigates some of that, you know, fear. Oh, let shortage. the meat cake. I've got a garden. Yes. You will be running out of ammonia. I, on the other hand, have kittens. 
<laughs> but here's I suppose. The, here's the interesting thing, right? Like, I bring in the bizarre, odd, the weird stuff. I go, like, title says, can peace save the world, right? Yeah. And then we, you know, Peakless, who is, you know, the upstanding intellectual, usually. So he goes, like, yeah, I could see that. And I go, see, great. Well, <laughs> well that's it. the thing. So, like, I mean, I, I love a lot of boring stuff. Like, I, I really enjoy listening to, like, people talk about the global economic status. And, like, I, I personally listen to when Jerome Powell speaks. Like, I'm that guy. And I don't talk about that much here, but, you know, since I've got an, uh, uh, an ear to the ground on, on that world, I mean, they've been talking more and more about like, yeah, here's where the here's where the prices of fertilizer are going. Here's where the prices of ammonia, which is one of the things that you need for certain fertilizers are going. Like right now, there's a lot of countries that are literally figuring out exactly where that line is of like, how little fertilizer can we get away with without decreasing it too much? Which we've never tried to do. Like, as a global society, we have never tried to grow as much food as possible with as little fertilizer as possible. You know what you got to do? Genetically modify those organisms. I mean, that would be a sensible approach. That's what people were doing, but that's not what people are doing. Instead, they, they want us to eat bugs and they want us to, to use urine as fertilizer. So let, let's talk about this then. Because <laughs> I'm curious, before we get into yours, let's give some general background about the fertilizer crunch, as they're calling it, and it's paywalled. So <laughs> of course it is. And there's a big giant advertisement here in front of me making it completely useless. So evidently there is some sort of actual fertilizer shortage. Yeah. Well, I mean, the biggest thing is, so people do not think about petrochemicals. Like what people think oh, when you think the word chemicals, you're probably not thinking literal chemicals because literal chemicals is literally everything. I mean, everything has a chemistry to it. What you think like a chemical plant is not a chemical plant. It's a petrochemical plant. So all of those chemicals, those come from oil. So when the second largest producer on Earth of oil gets into a war, and that be that would be Russia, then okay, well now we have way less petro for our chemicals. So we have a lot less fertilizer available throughout the planet. So you're saying this is Russia's fault. It well, is honestly, the, it is if the I was going price to point, hike, right? It's all Putin's was, fault. If I was really going to point a finger, it would be uh uh, the U.S. did not pull back the troops of NATO the way that they had promised repeatedly that they would. So now, anti-American and it's Putin's fault. Well, well, I mean, that wouldn't be a problem if it weren't for Putin. Okay. But, I mean, I don't know. It's chicken or the egg. Like, who's the belligerent, NATO or Russia? Um, both. both. They're both drunks at a bar fighting. Yeah, pretty much. So on the subject of, of fertilizer, they are, in fact, testing the limits of how little chemical fertilizer they can apply without devastating their yields. And they throw out some numbers here. Most of it's not terribly important. For the billions of people around the world who don't work in agriculture, the global shortage of affordable fertilizer likely reads like a distant problem. And it is. That's generally my take on it. But, you know, we've been... Well, it is distant for now. It's also... We've been fed these, the world is about to end crises for the last two years. They well, even had I the don't term think, for I'm it. I'm not saying the world's going to end. And I'm not saying that no, food's going to completely be unavailable. But I'm saying that food is going to get expensive. Well, and it has been less available recently. Like through, through the COVID lockdowns, there were periods of time where mm-hmm. the section where you would expect 
regular food to be was empty or sparse where it used to be full, right? So there was evidence of shortages that the average person can see when they go to the supermarket, right? For months, just you couldn't find certain things. Mm -hmm. And then it's gotten better, right, recently. But as you said, Peakless, it has gotten more expensive, it's it's the little things where like, okay, you're used to seeing a bunch of different kinds of a particular product, a bunch of different brands and variations. Yeah. And no, there's just one version of that. Right. Or like you're used to seeing, you know, stacks and stacks of, of things. And it's like, well, there's one or two in the front just to make the, the shelf look like it's full. Or a new brand you've never heard of before. Yeah. In even the late, in even the least disruptive scenario, apparently soaring prices for synthetic nutrients will result in lower crop yields and higher grocery store prices for everything from milk to beef to packaged foods for months or even years to come across the developed world. And now, this is something we've all, we've all seen. It's it's obvious to all of us that the the price of food is increasing, whether you right. eat out all the time or whether you buy it from Walmart or Hennefords or Market Basket or wherever you're buying your groceries from. You're getting less these days, and you're spending more. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing about food is like this isn't something you can avoid. I mean, you can cut down on ordering most of your things from Amazon or whatever it is that you're doing, but you know you still got to eat. That does seem to be the case. When we get back, we're going to talk about possible solutions for this because I, the, the thinkers of the world they're putting on their thinking caps and they're they're coming up with what they think are solutions. Uh, among them, P. P. Yes, using urine to solve the. Even if this successful, it's too late, right? 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You can join us, 603-283-6160, if you would like to weigh in. Again, that number is 603-283-6160. Talking about fertilizer here and the oncoming food shortages that we're being talked about. And look, I want to be clear here. There's, there's very definitely, almost certainly, unless, you know, a huge portion of the world dies out because of some, some pandemic or something unexpected Bill like Gates, that. Nuclear war. Oh. Unless something along those One lines occurs. Well, I, I tend to think nuclear war would exacerbate the food shortage. Mm. However, a pandemic that just happens to kill a bunch of people, because most people aren't farmers and truck that drivers. makes no sense. Well, nuclear war affects the, the environment and the ability to grow crops in places and well, yeah, stuff but I'm like saying, that. Like if a bunch of people die off, then we don't have farmers and truckers and packagers and whoever else is involved in this thing. We have fewer of them, certainly. But the average person, as I was saying, is not a truck driver or a farmer. The average person is like a gas station worker or a cashier or whatever. Not necessarily, yeah, not necessarily out there being the ones growing crops or transporting them from A to B. On average, if, you know, if 60% of the population just died out because of a pandemic, we would lose fewer truck drivers in raw numbers than we would gas station employees. Maybe not truck drivers. I don't know. I don't know what the numbers actually are on that. But anyway, before we got into that, we were talking about fertilizer and how, why it's important. Now, I have a, a small garden in my backyard, and I didn't need any fertilizer for it, which got me thinking, you know, why is it necessary? Why do these farmers, what is it that they're doing that requires them to have fertilizer? And a lot of it is that they, they're not rotating co- crops, and it, they kind of can't. You know, they, they have a massive amount of wheat or whatever p- crop they're trying to grow, 
and that's the crop that they grow. So they need fertilizer to replenish the soil each year after growing that particular crop. They can't just grow carrots or something like the average person with a backyard garden can do. Sure. Well, and that's what we're about to find out because, I mean, as you just pointed out, they're finally going, okay, well, can we reduce how much of this we need? And, yeah, rotating crops is one of the effective ways of reducing how much of these, uh, as they call it, artificial nutrients you need. But yeah, if but you rotate the crops, if you have, like if you have a grid of four, right, however big your farm is, and you're like we got to crop rotate this thing, and you cut it into fours for the rotation, your your yield is like one fourth. And if there's a food shortage, and you go to that method, oh, that's talking, exactly it. We don't need the about, same number about, of uh, carrots. Lying fallow. So there's a difference between crop rotation and lying fallow. Okay. So uh, with crop rotation, you so you plant this kind of uh, of of crop this year. So say uh, a bunch of beans, you know, and then next year I'm going to plant a bunch of corn there because it uses a different set of nutrients. Okay. So what you're talking about is uh, letting it lie fallow. So like you just spend a, a period of time not planting in that area. But if you if well, you, you plant you corn have in to. year two, then your your bean yield for that year is that much less. Well, no. So like if you've got uh, so you've got this one that does uh, corn and this one that does beans, and we're just going to simplify it to to that. Okay. So we do corn here this year, beans here this year, and then next year we swap, swap. them out. Okay. So that doesn't work on the, the industrial level though, because beans and um, Beans, wheat, and soy, these things are not equivalent, right? We can't just take all of the wheat that we're growing this year and replace it all with carrots because, one, we still need a lot of wheat, and, two, we don't need nearly that many carrots. Mm, yeah, the, the demand is an issue. So the, the fertilizer thing is still going to have to— now. Yeah, it's still going to be an issue because we can't rotate that amount of wheat with that amount of peas or carrots or whatever because we just don't need that many well, peas and carrots. if the wheat gets expensive enough, people will buy more carrots. And corn is its own weird, screwed-up issue. There were a lot of cornfields where I came from in Mississippi, and they, they were all dead every year. No successful okay. harvests ever. It was just these people being paid to by the government to plant corn. After that, it didn't really matter what happened to it. I was going to say, not too weird. There's a subsidy on corn. <laughs> yes. So they just wrecked the soil, and they produced nothing as a result. But they got huge amounts of money from the government for doing it. Yeah. And they go like, what can we do with the excess <laughs> corn? Put it in the cars. Yeah. What, there, there was no excess corn because it, it was just dying. You, right. Mississippi is not a great place to grow large amounts of corn. Talk about the ethanol and the gasoline. Right. Yeah. But you have to actually produce corn in order to make ethanol from the right. corn. You can't just produce a dead plant. Okay. I don't think. Yeah, sadly, the biggest part of being a farmer these days is knowing what the government will pay you to do and to not do. If fertilizers are expensive, we'll use less fertilizers. If we if we use less, we'll produce less, said a second-generation farmer. Food prices will increase, and everyone will suffer. I, I don't know that the first season of like food scarcity in the United States is going to really involve a lot of true suffering for people, because we have a lot of really overweight people. Maybe not season one, but See, if it's yeah. an exacerbated issue and an ongoing problem... I think season right. one people would be more or less okay. Well, okay. L let me tell you, as someone who's been a variety of different weights, uh, you don't become less hungry when you're fat. <laughs> I don't care if they go hungry. I care if they well, starve to death. Well, you just talked about suffering. Like suffering and death are two different things. Kind of and uh, kind of antonyms, really. I need my stickers. I don't know that a a. A person being a little hungry because they have a little bit less to eat is going to be something I would genuinely call suffering on the 
if you're talking oh, about survival, though, skill. this is like the fattening season, right? There's still food on the shelves. Bulk up. Get fat. That's good and then, advice. Oh, and then be hungry later. Well, I wouldn't <laughs> recommend getting fat, honestly. What I would recommend is get get some get some dry goods. Like yep. get some rice, some beans, that kind of stuff, canned goods. Like, you know, get yourself something set aside. I mean, I think you should anyway. Just because it's smart, you never know. Yep. So commercial farmers rely on a combination of three key nutrients, nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium, to fuel their harvests. These have always been key, but it was only about a century ago that humanity learned to manufacture mass-produced ammonia-based nutrients, and they go on into the history of some of that, and it doesn't really matter. Fertilizer prices are up, on average, 70% from last year. That's a huge increase in the price of something. Mm -hmm. Like, I've talked to local restaurateurs and stuff, and they talk, I think it was roughly seven or eight months ago where the owner of the Indian place here was talking to me about how the price of onions had effectively doubled for him. And that's just one particular crop, which could have been result, yeah. a result of who knows one what. One ingredient yeah. across the board. But this is across the board, a 70% increase in the cost of fertilizer, which means they're, they're going to use that much less of it. Or they have to increase their prices to correspond to that, and they're probably not going to do that. And even if they do, Americans are not going to be happy about it. Mm-hmm. Especially because their their paycheck is worth less as well, right? They're getting hit at yes. all, from all sides with the with the inflationary aspects. So fertilizer is available locally, but it's out of reach for the majority of farmers. Worse, many farmers know that they cannot recover these costs, so they are watching the price of fertilizer go up, and they they know that there's just nothing they can do to get it back. What we really need is the government to step in and help these poor farmers. Yes, clearly, well, it certainly clearly. did a good job. Always the answer. They never screw anything up. Well, who's going to help? Because them? because they're deities. Is there going to be a charitable foundation formed to help the farmers offset their fertilizer costs? Hmm. Well, um, maybe if you didn't have absolutely state controlled uh, uh, petroleum sources, that might help. So, runaway or pricing if we for natural using gas. Using petroleum for energy and could instead use it for fertilizer by, say, having nuclear energy. Solar powered fertilizer. Is it that? Also known as plants. <laughs> right. 603-283-6160 if you want to weigh in. That's 603-283-6160. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. It's Free Talk Live, and you're invited to join us, 603-283-6160, if you would like to weigh in. 
Again, the number is 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. Beagles Man Beer. And Rich Rich. And we do have a TikTok channel here on Free Talk Live. Bonnie actually put, Bonnie put it together for us, and uh, she's clipping videos and, you know, making videos and putting them on TikTok. So check it out at TikTok. Dot freetalklive.com. That's T I K T O K. Dot freetalklive.com. It's going to say why, but go, Bonnie. I mean, that's where everyone's at, right? TikTok is the largest social media platform in the world these days. It's silly for us to not be on there. Unfortunately, even though TikTok, TikTok does offer live streaming, you have to have a, an account of a certain size with a certain number of uploads. And regardless, uh-huh. We're not qualified, whatever their character, whatever their qualifications are, we have not met them. So hopefully Bonnie's hard work over there at tiktok.freetalklive.com will allow us to meet that criteria and begin live streaming there as well. Bring in the Utes. Yeah, get with the times, old man. Well, I can't okay. imagine too many. I've had a TikTok account for years. I just never use it. As soon as a new thing comes available, I'm like, okay, I'll just create an account. And then years later, someone will tell me about it. Like, I've already, I've already got that. See, I assumed that TikTok was going to be here to here for a few weeks or months or whatever, and then it was going to be gone. But its longevity has been surprising to me. I, I didn't Thank expect you, it to oh, I, could, I could have told you that much. I mean, it it flourishes on a short attention span. Yeah. Yeah, but so does YouTube Shorts, and so does Twitter. Yeah. But Twitter's been replaced. Yeah, YouTube ain't hurting. Neither is, neither is Twitter. <laughs> They're both hurting fairly badly. I mean... Twitter is down. I, I don't know how YouTube is doing in terms of stocks or anything like that, but Twitter is. Twitter just got bought by a single person who I don't trust at all, but who libertarians seem to think is libertarian Jesus. So I, I don't know that I put much so faith in Twitter him, doing very well at this point. I, I don't trust him either. I haven't figured out if he's a super villain or a superhero. He's both. Um, he, my, yeah, he's my, neither. My personal guess is that he's going to destroy us while trying to save us. That's like if I if I had to guess. That's but, a super villain who thinks he's a superhero. So I have uh, I have sort of the opposite of the normal perspective where uh, everyone thinks sort of uh, better the devil you know than the devil you don't. And I know who used to be running Twitter, and they're terrible. So, uh, this might be a really good change. I mean, they're terrible for some people, and this is something that we've gotten into a lot with uh, Elon Musk and Twitter. I don't particularly see it as beneficial. I mean, it would be good, you know, for people who tend to lean right and to lean toward conservatism. It would be good if they had their own social media platform where they didn't have to worry about being censored or kicked off or anything like they that. They did. There was a number of, of alternatives that popped up in like the Twitter getting, we're getting kicked off of Facebook. Yeah, no one's there. Right. That's sort of the issue that I have with Twitter and this idea being that it's going to become the sort of social media platform that is friendly to conservatives because they come at it from this approach of, oh, well, they're alienating half the population by catering to leftists or whatever. It's like, okay, that's but fine. It is. And if they then Disagree. allow conservatives, they're going to alienate those leftists, those liberals who don't want to share a platform with conservatives. They're not right. going to magically gain, get up to 100% of the population if, by doing this. They're just going to cater to a different 50%. Well, most conservatives are willing to put up with a certain amount of liberals. Most liberals are willing to put up with a certain amount of conservatives. Right. I think it's That's far more. Li- I think it's far more likely that liberals are less willing to put up with conservatives and vice versa. Dude, liberals are not going to put down the phone. So here's the not No, happen. they'll just go to TikTok. Here's, here's They'll the, just abandon Twitter entirely. You, you can't put a random thought into your TikTok. It's like you can't like t- 
type some angry tweet into TikTok. You have to like show your face. They also still have have Facebook. Get all like uh, self conscious about how you look, about whether your makeup's nice. Like there's a whole thing into making a TikTok. Whereas a tweet, like you can, you know, peel yourself out of bed halfway in the middle of the morning, put some random thing in and hit send. Yeah, so, I understand. They also still have Facebook and Instagram and all of these other places where they where they can produce and Tumblr where they can produce microblogs here's the without prob- having to put on makeup. Here's the problem with Twitter, right? Because I've I've been on there where like the top tweeter had like less than fifty thousand followers, right? That's how old my my Twitter handle is. If I went back to check, like they went like through the fail well times, and I don't tweet much, so there's nothing there. But I've had it since then. Twitter started as the free speech platform, mm-hmm. right? In the face of everything else, they said, do what you want. And what happens is, as an organization, as a company, they were losing a section of the population from their platform because it was being overrun with the trolls, yes. right? Twitter turns into 4chan when you leave it to its own devices to be a free speech platform. So I mean, that's what happened. We've seen that repeatedly. That, right. That's our matrix server. So it cannot be a free speech <laughs> platform. You're not going to open it up and all of a sudden have like high end, high level political discourse. It will be catered to the lowest common denominator. It will be overrun with the trolls and those people who use it as a valuable service to get the message out or do whatever they want. They will leave. And then and you I'm have- just going to go ahead and bet that's not going to happen. Okay, I, I I don't see Musk allowing that to happen. I think allowing gonna, the trolls think, to take over or yeah. allowing people to leave. In which case, well, Musk would be no better you, than Jack how do you Dorsey. Disallow people to leave. I don't know, but what I'm saying is, if you turn it back into a free speech platform, we already know what that looks like. It looks like it's overrun with trolls, and top people leave the platform well, and go do something else. So. Th- you're basically looking at a Pareto distribution here. So as a thing tilts in a direction, it's more likely to tilt further in that direction. Okay. So, yeah, with 4chan, you have, you know, just wacky troll nonsense. And you will get that back on Twitter because that's what Twitter turned into before they started banning people and putting restrictions on well, what you can and cannot say. Twitter has enough people to flag that kind of nonsense that they will be able to create algorithms to filter it out. There's too many people on Twitter that aren't trolls for the trolls to take over at this point. But if you open it back up to a free speech platform, guess who comes back to Twitter? Yeah, the reporting the reporting mechanism would go away. The bots wouldn't be blocking those people or anything like that because it was a free speech platform. Well, so that's the thing. Like, f- spam tends not to be what people think of when they mean free speech. But that's what it turns into because it goes back to the lowest common. Oh, there's still going to be a a spam filter. And honestly, what they might end up doing. We're not even talking about spam. Like the people on our matrix server are these exact types. They're the the 4chan types, but they're not spamming the matrix chat. Some of them do occasionally, but by and large, the vast majority is people actually typing out things to say. Because Free Talk Live is this free speech platform. (laughs) You can call in, say whatever you want. You can get on the server, type whatever you want. And have we been taken over by the trolls? Yes! Yes! Good God, yes. Have you seen the Matrix server? No, no, no. I mean here. This. Like, we're a, we're a free speech platform. Anybody and their grandma can just call in, you know? And have we been taken over by trolls? No. Well, we've been targeted by trolls in the past, but to be yeah, fair, we... There's been targeted effort. There's been targeted nights of just on nothing but prank calls because they're like, tonight's the night. 
We're going to bomb Free Talk Live. Sure. And I don't and know if sure. you knew this. There might be a night. Yeah. But I it am does somewhat occasionally. I am somewhat a little bit of a troll myself. No. And, uh, just, just, I follow just you a on social bit. media. It's, <laughs> it's all high end stuff. So so I don't know how true it is that Free Talk Live hasn't been taken over by the trolls. I mean, it Mark hasn't been here for a year and he was like the only sane man for a really long time and <laughs> now it's me Ian Captain and the sitting here at least and we tend to do a fair bit of trolling but in re- but free free talk live isn't a free speech platform i mean we How allow you figure because people can't just call in and say whatever they want we'll, we'll more or well, less we will hang up on them we will dump them we will allow them to put forward arguments in certain ways and we will allow them to express their opinions whether we disagree with those opinions or not but free Free speech platform we are not because we can't be. We have to maintain FCC guidelines. We have okay, to yeah. follow along with FCC, FCC guidelines. Regulations, we pretty much are, though. And I'm not going to let someone call in here and explain to me why trans people are going to hell, for example. I, I will allow them to you know, say that on the air, but I'm not going to carry on a dialogue with this platform. Like, they're, like I'm not going to just, here's a platform, talk for 30 minutes or whatever. That's, that's not at all what Free Talk Live is. We allow people to take control of the airways and share their, call, th- share their thoughts and opinions. New Disney movie, All Trans Go to Heaven. <laughs> but we don't just like turn over the airwaves to them unfettered. So I don't think the show itself is a free talk platform. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. It is Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. If you would like to call in, take control of the airwaves. Because we do allow you to do that. But, but there, there are some caveats to that. You can't just call in and advocate for genocide or any of that sort of nonsense. And it has to be FCC friendly. And those are the reasons I say that we're not a free speech platform, even though we are called Free Talk Live. Because it we have to maintain a delicate balance here where... We can't just go in here and say whatever we want. I mean, we'll get fined and we might actually get in legal trouble depending on what people want to say. There's been people here on the show in the past who have advocated for violence and things like that. And obviously, no, who would do such a thing? I don't want to say they advocated for violence. You're correct. That that's a bad way of putting it. Yes, whoever would do such a thing. <laughs> I don't know what I you're forgot. talking about. <laughs> I forgot all about that. Oh, man. Okay. Did you now? I did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's right here. we sitting... don't let you on with Melody anymore. Yeah, I'm sitting there like, what? why is he talking? I'm thinking about somebody completely different. I'm like, oh, yeah, there was that thing that happened. You where... think we're getting raided now? <laughs> <laughs> there were some people who were upset about a show that Richie Rich and Melanie did. I, I don't know who else was here that night. but it Mark. Was, it was Mark. Mark couldn't, like, referee that. The reason we're not allowed on together anymore is because Mark was overwhelmed. Ah. Uh, oh, that's unfortunate. Des- and decided that, nope, can't handle you two anymore. Well, see, that's all the more reason we're not free speech live, I guess. But let's go to the phones. We have Major Payne calling from Michigan. Major Payne, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, good evening. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? This isn't your grandma, though I may have met her. You guys could say it. You said any, anybody, including your grandma, could call in. Yeah, anybody and their grandma can call in. And right. Okay, I had no you idea. You definitely don't okay. sound like my grandma. No, no, no. If if I do, she smoked way too much. <laughs> right. 
But uh, as far as the crop rotation, that's all good and proper. But as as far as laying the letting the field lay fallow, that used to come every seventh year. Mm. And part of that was to let the soil regenerate, and the other part of it was to actually give the four four people a place where they could plant some crops. Huh? But uh, in the soilless ground, all your, all, all your all your farms had livestock of some sort. So they that's also a good point. Uh, I, I'm one of the few people I know with a backyard garden who doesn't have some sort of chicken or rabbits or something running around in it. And I do have rabbits, but they're wild rabbits, so they don't count. Mm. The goal is to keep those are, out. Just have the ducks, cats. Ducks are awesome for like getting the bugs out of your potato patch and stuff. You say ducks are? Yeah, they work great. They just walk around like a little troop and get everything. Chickens are pretty good, too, but they're not as smart. <laughs> yeah, chickens but, are not uh, smart. No, no. But anyway, so delicious. Um, mm-hmm. But you're right. When Back- when we think of the farmer mentally, we, we think of someone who's probably got some sheep, some cows, some chickens, some stuff like that. They're, they're not just out there on a tractor all day. But when it comes to these industrial farms and these massive you know, wheat fields and soy fields and corn fields and all that, it's, it's 100% true. There's no cows running around nearby there. They, they're not downhill from where the cows do their business. So the, the soil no, isn't getting any of those nutrients. This chemically made ammonium, um, uh, ammonium nitrate, you don't get but a small percentage of the vitamins out of the food that you would if it was grown properly. But uh, one of the most ingenious things that I ever saw, there was a plan, I don't remember if they were Dutch or Germans down in southern Michigan here. They used to build their barns, um, I forget if it was octagon, it was, it was almost circular. So all the cows would come in and they would poke their heads to the center, so it made it easy to feed you just the hay down the middle of the middle of the barn but they cut trough trenches around the outside when they poured the foundation with little troughs in it so all the pee would run down the trough to one particular holding pond so they had a, a reservoir of uh pt and Not that, a TP. you take that you take that manure and spread it on your field and it, it it's gold Th- th- uh, thank you so much for the call tonight, Major Payne. We we have a story about that, and I mean, we've alluded to it long enough, so it's probably about time to get into it, because we talked about the fertilizer shortages, how this is going to affect food and all that stuff. <laughs> so so let's talk about it. how are people planning to solve this problem of a shortage in fertilizer? Because most people, as Major Payne points out, I mean, even these large farms, they, they don't have, you know, systems like that built in where they're re- they don't rotate their crops, obviously, because they can't. And they don't have systems in place where the wildlife or the animals they're raising are nourishing the soil. To running out of ways to phrase this here. <laughs> Be fertilizing. Yeah, thank you. So how are people planning to solve this problem that isn't... Because the article I was looking at estimates a 10% decrease in the food supply this year. is about what they're expecting. So this is from France24.com. Can pea help feed the world? Engineer Fabian Esculier has never forgotten his grandmother's unconventional approach to gardening. In fact, it inspired his career. Human urine may seem like a crude way of fertilizing plants in the era of industrial agriculture, but as researchers look for ways to reduce reliance on chemicals and cut environmental pollution, some are growing, growing increasingly interested in the potential of pea. See, this is why I take issue with the word chemicals, and you mentioned this earlier. Petrochemicals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you're peeing in the soil, you are putting chemicals into the soil. Mm-hmm. 
Right. Yeah, we, we tend to use chemicals as a shorthand for petrochemicals, which I honestly, I, I can't imagine that's anything other than by design. Like the oil companies don't really like you thinking about the fact that they control all of the the fertilizer and the medicine and all of these other things. Plants need nutrients, nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. And we ingest these through food before excreting them, mostly through urine, says Escalaire, who runs the OCAPI research program in France, looking at food systems and human waste management. These present an opportunity, scientists think. Fertilizers using synthetic nitrogen in use for around a century have helped drive up yields and boost agricultural production to feed a growing human population. See, that's what I think when I think of fertilizer, right? Is that sort of ammonium nitrate? Sure. Now, you mentioned that this is a petrochemical? Oh yeah, uh, all of the all of the fertilizers that we usually put on foods are petrochemicals. Uh, so uh, around the turn of the century, um, uh, John D. Rockefeller uh, got together like a whole bunch of the best chemical minds in the world at the time, and they figured out how to synthesize literally every chemical, every single biological uh, uh, molecule out of oil. And uh, that's that's pretty much you know been the the foundation of uh, our agriculture and especially of our medicine uh, for the last century or so. Like all of this stuff is just we take oil, we do all these weird things to it, and then out pops this other completely different molecule. It's impressive science. Mm-hmm. When these chemicals, un- un- I mean, it, until it goes wrong, yeah, like, until you uh, run out of oil. Well, or or until you do something you know crazy or stupid like uh, the whole uh, leaded fuel thing, like yeah, so you can take like a lead molecule and put a bunch of oil uh, atoms around that, and yeah, it keeps uh, it keeps your engine from knocking, but it also makes the entire population stupid and dead. And I don't mean of like your country. Sounds like a solution to the food shortage, though. (laughs) Bill Gates is working on. Well, just put the uh, lead back in the gasoline. Making people stupid always causes more problems. Take out the ethanol, more lead. (laughs) Ten percent leaded gasoline. Uh, When these chemicals are used in large quantities, they make their way into river systems and other waterways, causing choking blooms of algae that can kill fish and other aquatic life. Meanwhile, emissions from the agricultural ammonia can be combined with vehicle fumes to create dangerous air pollution, according to the United Nations. But at least the algae thing, that seems like a problem that would fix itself, right? Mm -hmm. There's bound to be some sort of fish or aquatic animal out there that would eat that particular, you know, algae. The only thing that reminds me of is uh, a high school teacher I had who had like a self-contained fish tank. Like the algae would grow and the fish would eat it and it would just, the the tank was just dirty of covered in algae. But the fish ate the algae, pooped it out, which caused the fertilizer to grow more algae. So he never had to feed the fish or clean the tank. It was like perfect dude pet yeah that's an ecosystem right Right. that's what i would expect to happen in these rivers and in these ponds and lakes and stuff that these quote chemicals are washing into uh, uh, aquaponics okay yeah, but he did it in a fish tank. Yeah, and aquaponics are brilliant because if you if you make an aquaponic system, you can have the 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 uh, the waste from the from the fish and the waste from the uh, vegetables or food that you're growing uh, coalesce to each other. So it just goes in a perpetual circle and just gives you more and more fish and food to eat. That's what I would expect to happen here. I mean, it, it would take the take some time for the the ecosystem to evolve in order to handle that. Like you mentioned that it's choking fish or whatever, but there yeah. there has to be some sort of aquatic animal out there because that's the way, you know, 
Over time, maybe. But yeah, if it the happens, ecosystem is constantly going to rock, paper, scissors. If it happens rapidly enough, due to you know human intervention, they don't have the time to evolve into that system. Right. But some sort of fish will and eventually. They, they will thrive, and then we can just eat that fish, and that will help solve the hunger problem. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. There's more coming up about these brilliant scientists' plans to use human urine to solve a problem that they created with what else? Oil. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, where you're invited to take control of the airwaves, talk about whatever is important to you. 603-283-6160 if you would like to weigh in. Again, the number is 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. And Richie Rich. And coming up just over five weeks or so from now, uh, we'll be doing our last in-studio broadcast. I, I don't know exactly how it's going to work because there's a lot still in the air about who is going to be going to ForkFest. Now, the Porcupine Freedom Festival, as it turns out, is sold out, or at least it's selling out. I wouldn't, if you don't have tickets yet, I would just assume you're probably not going to be going to the Porcupine Freedom Festival, but ForkFest is still open. All you need is an RV site, a motel room, or a camping site at Rogers Campground, and that, that gets you in. There's no ticket cost. There's nothing like that. If you want to have an event or something like that, then you just put on that event. ForkFest is whatever you make it. Check it out at ForkFest.Party. That's ForkFest.Party. I intend to be there, and... Uh, I imagine oh, yeah. you intend to be there, Peakless, and I don't think I've ever seen you there, but Richie, and, I mean... And to be clear, it's not the last in-studio broadcast. It's taking a break to broadcast <laughs> from Fortress. Yes. Okay. Well, and it's unclear how many of the episodes will actually be broadcast right. from there, because there's a lot of in the, in the air there. I don't but wanna... we'll be back in studio shortly thereafter. Yes. Okay, yeah. Unfortunately, it was like three years ago that we went to ForkFest that we lost the Sarah caller because, I mean, we weren't taking any calls for right. like a, a period of, you know, two weeks or whatever. And then we came back and she just, and then recently Sarah did resume calling. Sarah, you're with us on Free Talk Live. Oh, oh I just up fast, though, I mean, so fast, like uh, five minutes. Oh, but uh, I just wanted to know that have you ever guys heard of a thing called um truman hall in pennsylvania no well it's supposed to be it used to be uh, it's a secret nuclear uh, bomb shelter for for truman the president at the time so why would they put a the- secret bomb shelter for the president in pennsylvania it's close to the white house well they they, put it in DC. Had- that's closer because it's got to be far enough away I, from the blast. You said this is called a Truman Hole, Sarah? They call it Truman Hole, and supposedly everybody in that state knows about it. And that was supposed to be a big government secret. Mm-hmm. That, that guy, everyone in this, Pennsylvania knows about. Sounds like government work to me. Well, yeah. I'm not that's, finding that's any of what thing. Sarah's talking about. Well, um... Well, the this guy was on actually on TV. I mean, on the radio talking about this whole that he's going to write a book about it. Well, Arya, that's so, because it's a secret. Yeah, well, really. it's a, well, it was a I secret. People, Sarah, like, anyone secret. can write a book about anything, and that doesn't mean a whole lot. There evidently is some not so secret Pennsylvania bunker where a nuclear right. war in the U.S. would begin. It was not. 
It was called Harry's Hole for President Harry okay. Truman. Close. Evidently, yeah. Okay. okay. But that would, that would explain why Truman's Hole wasn't turning it up. Well, I mean, it's a more PC term. Than Harry Hole? <laughs> it was... I didn't I catch that. I did not catch it. that. <laughs> it was never completely a secret, but it stayed close to one for a while, mainly because no one said anything, which is... I mean, that's generally how... That's how you keep a secret. <laughs> It stayed secret because no one said it. This, this, this is from phillyboys.com. They are evidently a legitimate news source, and they wrote that statement. Uh, the lid on Raven, Raven Rock, which is another name for it. I prefer Raven Rock. Let's, let's call it that going forward. It's located just north of the Maryland border. They go into some specifics here. They don't really... Evidently, this was a place where it's unclear. It's unclear. Sarah, what do you think this place was for? Well, it, it was uh, definitely, they always had the, did, did they have the nuclear bomb threat since then? Well, I mean, obviously. Why are you asking for... me? You called in to inform well, me of this subject. Well, I, I'm, I'm learning about it from that... you. Well, look, the most reliable I, source I've, in Pennsylvania. I've never bought the book. And then I've only, that st- radio show was very staticky. Since somebody interfered with it, I don't know, uh, the, the intercept of the airwave, so I could not hear, like, it was Area 51. They didn't want you learning about it. So they, 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 they shut out microwave signals that interfered with the radio signals. Yeah, that totally happened, Sarah. It's the lizard people. Oh. Thank you so much for the call tonight. I'm not finding anything about this except that it was finished in 1953. They're not saying what the purpose of this place was, but from what I've seen, this was where a nuclear war would have been started, not a place to have hidden once it out broke didn't they teach all the kids back then that if nuclear war broke out you could just hide under a desk they did like, that should be safe enough they, right? well that's okay. good enough for the school children oh, okay. but not for the president not of the for the United president States. they also said to put he aluminum foil <laughs> in windows and other nonsense like that oh and to answer a question of like wow was were they concerned with nuclear war back then yes so he was the president from 1945 to 1953 thank you wikipedia which means yeah when he was president was when we started being worried about nuclear annihilation when was when were the bombs on nagasaki and hiroshima dropped right before then okay. uh, 1945 yeah they're gonna get us back someday <laughs> So Build me a cold. hole in Pennsylvania. So many of these bunkers. Well, were... they are trying now. Like uh, for for the first time ever, they are not buying U.S. debt. So who isn't? Uh, Japan. Okay. Yeah, they have like reliably always bought U.S. debt, and they're like one of the first. They have always been the number one buyer of U.S. debt outside of the U.S., and they're backing out now. Well, I can't say I blame them. The U.S. Uh, they're. Anyone who's paying attention on a global scale knows that the U.S. is not going to, not going to be able to pay its debts for much longer. Right. Because it's losing its currency as being the world reserve status, and that, that's already ongoing. It may not have happened yet. I don't know. I haven't followed it very closely whether or not. I know Russia w- wanted to implement some sort of system that would get them off of using the USD within their within their oil cells or something like that, but it got postponed because, you know, it's a government... I thought they just switched oh, it over. We're oh, now taking rubles. Oh, they're still working on that one. Uh, so they, they made the demand for everyone who sanctioned them to use uh, rubles or gold. Uh, so far, they've only enforced that on, like, Poland and, I want to say, Bulgaria. 
definitely Poland. I forget. I, I forget what the other one is. Bullies. But, but what's really like what they're sort of like winding up for as a punch is uh, is Germany because Germany gets like almost all of its oil from Russia and they are not willing to pay in rubles or gold. But Russia really doesn't want to upset the neighbors. So back really? to because right they just invaded the neighbors. <laughs> They, they, they don't want to upset the other in. neighbors. Oh, they don't. They oh, don't okay. think, yeah, they don't think Ukraine are their neighbors. They oh, okay. think that Ukraine is is them. Okay. So the government kicked Raven Rock back into gear. That's the that's the Pennsylvania hold, and it can now hold up to five thousand people in an emergency. So it is a nuclear shelter now, even though it may not have necessarily been one then. So enough for Congress and their families. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, donors, that's how these things usually lobbyists. are. And Sarah, this is there's there are countless of these throughout the United States. I don't know what she's not listening. What about this one? No, she's not. (laughs) Got your attention and made you think that this was something to be worried about or concerned about. But there's back in the Cold War, families were being encouraged to build their own bunkers and fallout shelters and stuff like that. Most of which probably wouldn't do any good against a nuclear holocaust. But they were being told, nonetheless, hey. The world is going to end. Put some aluminum foils under your window, hide on your desk, and build a build a bomb shelter. You know, I do wonder. Like every now and again, I'll see the little like radiation sign that says that, and it'll say like fallout shelter. And I always wonder, you know, like for for you know some government building or like a you know bank basement or something like that. And and I always wonder, like, will that actually keep radiation out? Like, is that actually designed for that, or are you just kind of blowing smoke somewhere? I would probably say blowing smoke only because, you know, it's a capitalist system, man. Marketing's a part of it. Mm. You get people to buy the fallout shelter now, you can then spend that money on all the extravagant stuff you want, and then you live a good life until everyone dies. Yeah, what, are the mutants going to come after you later? Don't know. That is one of the issues with these nuclear shelters, though, is that even if people don't turn into mutants, like, as soon as you leave, I mean, in theory, the reason you're in a shelter is because there's fallout everywhere, and you're, you're going to die if you go outside. Okay, but... You're kind of have to going to have to go outside at some point, or live in your ten by ten concrete bunker for the rest of your life. And I'll I don't know about you. Myself in tinfoil, be fine. Yeah, I'd rather just you know <laughs> go ahead and die in the blast than live in a concrete box for the next forty or fifty years buried underground. That is a choice. Well, by forty or fifty, I hope you mean four thousand, because you know half lives are no joke. <laughs> 603-283-6160 If you want to weigh in, we're going to get back to talking about how urine can help save the world. It's Free Talk Live. It's free talk live, and you can take control of the airwaves, talk about whatever is important to you. 603-283-6160. If you'd like to call in, again, that's 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. Bigless Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. And I want to tell you about Bitcoin.com. If you, Bitcoin is on sale, as I understand. And uh, I don't watch these things very closely. I just sort of hear about it from time to time. And the last I heard... Bitcoin was at like thirty four, thirty five thousand dollars, something like that. Thirty four now, almost fifty percent, almost down fifty percent versus its peak from whenever, whenever it was at sixty eight thousand dollars. So it's it's not a terrible time to buy cryptocurrency or Bitcoin in particular if you're interested in it. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go to Bitcoin.com, click getting started at the top of the page. All it takes is a few minutes to learn about this important world-changing information because it is changing the world. And Bitcoin may be down now, but I don't think it's on its way 
to zero or anything like that. It's when uh, in doubt, pretty much, out. pretty much every, uh, pretty much everyone that I've heard talk about this, like the lowest prediction that I've heard uh, from like more than one person is twenty eight thousand. I could see it going all the way down to like five thousand again. That's extremely unlikely. Well, so so the issue with that one is that like you have these really big buyers. So you've got you know you've got uh, Elon Musk. You've got uh, uh, was it Richard Saylor? Um, so yeah, you have these huge buyers that they tend to start snatching up all of this at about thirty thousand dollars. So it keeps the price floor. Yeah, pretty much. So Bitcoin.com is where you need to go to learn about it. You can even get some cryptocurrency there for yourself. They give some away. It's a small amount, obviously. I mean, it's like point zero 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 one Bitcoin cash or whatever. I don't know the exact amount because I've never. I remember done back it. in the day where there were Bitcoin fossils and they would just drip it into your account. Well, way back in the day, Roger Ver, the owner of Bitcoin.com, was at the Porcupine Freedom Festival that we were talking about earlier that is sold out for this year. And he would he was giving 10 Bitcoin to anyone who would install a Bitcoin wallet onto their phone. And, and I mean, it worked. It, I mean, it did. I, I can buy just about anything at uh, at that festival with uh, with cryptocurrency now. And he may or may not be there this year giving out Bitcoin. Who knows? I don't think I don't think he's been at a Porcupine Freedom Festival in many many years. But <laughs> you twice don't know may, for sure. May not. But whether Roger Ver is there or not, there was someone there there last year who was giving away a cryptocurrency to anyone who had never used it before, anyone who ne- had never installed it before. So the, these sort of things, they still you're you're not going to get ten bitcoins or anything like that. But they may give you you know ten stellar lumens or whatever. And you may think, oh, well, that's that's meaningless. That's three cents or whatever. Yeah, okay, but that 10 bitcoins that Roger Ver was giving out, you know, 15 years ago at the Porcupine Freedom that was not $50,000 with the bitcoin that he was giving out to every single person. Mm-hmm. Well, so, and, and my favorite part about it is that you can you can exchange goods and services for cryptocurrency. Which so makes like, it money. Yeah, so, like, you don't have to get onto these, you know, know your customer, show me your identity uh, websites. You I don't, don't know have if to, I agree with that statement. I just to... want to say that on the air before we get too far off into the weeds of other things. Sorry, what? I said that makes it money. Um. So, the thing is, it's whether it's or not it's money is kind of subjective. Having expressed what, my opinion, a, I'm sitting out the rest of yeah, the discussion what is for my attorney out there. Is that it solves the problem of money. Okay. So, like, money has the uh, has this problem that it solves of, like, I don't want to do a stranger a favor because I will never see them again and never be paid back. Whereas if we have, like, okay, well, everyone needs salt or everyone needs gold or whatever, then I can say, okay, well, if I do this favor for you, just give me gold or whatever it is, and I'll know that I'm paid back because I can get someone to do a favor for me later. Or uh, if uh, if it's um, um, a merchant ship coming in, I can just keep a tally of like, okay, well, last time you gave me this, so I owe you this much, and I gave you that, so you owe me this much next time you're in port. Okay. Now, now what cryptocurrency does is it does that, but for everyone, all of the time, forever. Okay. Let's go to the phones, however. We have Therese calling from here in New Hampshire. Therese, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. Um, so for those that don't know who I am, I am the nurse that was arrested for saying allegedly the word amen at the executive council meeting and a in woman. October. It, oh, yeah, the word amen, a okay. Woman. Yeah, so um, I, I was never really involved in politics prior to that. I 
you know, stood up for medical freedom, wasn't a fan of seeing my coworkers get their exemptions denied and knowing that they were COVID recovered and um, my two little boys having to go remote learning and everything else. And so can, that, can you, um, sorry, I, I, I didn't hear that story. Yeah. Can you like uh, just briefly go over it for me and any of the listeners who don't know? Sure. So um, as far as when I was arrested, sure. the story, um, so at the executive council meeting last October, they were voting on $29 million of federal money that had, uh, was a grant money for COVID um, vaccine registry. And, oh, that was when that. Sununu sent out a text message, a, a mysteriously unknown text message. And then suddenly state troopers came up from behind this current, uh, this curtain and began picking people off in the crowd. Oh, like, I saw the videos of that. Like there, there was a, yeah. there, there was an okay. older lady. There was, there was footloose and yourself apparently was there. Yep. So it was the first shoulder they tapped um, to come back, and I was sitting next to Footloose um, that day. And so, yeah, the first time I've ever been arrested. And, of course, my 20-year-old to this day says, Mom, couldn't you have gotten arrested for something cooler? Um, But, yeah, so that was uh, where it all began for me. And fast forward, kind of got thrown into the front lines of kind of a liberty movement, and it's really just my sphere of influence is, busy working moms who were trying to get the kitty litter cleaned up and the dishes turned and the lunches made and, you know, we'd go to the polls and if I didn't recognize the name, I would just leave it blank. Um, I wish more people life. did that, honestly. I mean, but from what I see, most people <laughs> I know, just, right? most people just go to the, the voting booth and they just vote Republican or Democrat or mm-hmm. whatever, with, even though they don't know any of these people. You got as many votes as you did because they just checked the box with the R next to it. I know. And that I spoke out against reason. that. <laughs> I spoke out against that as soon as it happened. That, that was insane. Yeah. How are you going to win like yeah. that? I shouldn't have won. <laughs> I should never have won that. Any of those people should have like just Googled my name. I'm like, yeah, no, I don't want anything to do with this. But they didn't even bother. Yeah. Right. But you were saying you got arrested for saying amen? Yes. So the day that Footloose and you know the nine of us were arrested, we were just told that it was disorderly conduct. And I was like, I was sitting quietly in my chair. What do you what do you mean? What did I do? Like what specifically did I do? And they couldn't answer that question. Um, two weeks later, we finally got our criminal complaints. And I remember the attorney saying he had just uploaded them for us to go look. And I, I couldn't believe my eyes because it actually said that I, in quotes, said the word amen. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And even when you watch the videos, like, you don't even see, like, there's no, there's no place where I even say the word amen. Um, Bootloose was arrested for making, quote, a loud noise. Um, and I, my joke with him is, you know, I looked at him like, Frank, I didn't even hear you fart. <laughs> I don't even know what they're talking about. It was ridiculous. Therese, um, can you hang on I, for a few more minutes? We are going to break. Well, I'd like to keep you on. All right. Thank you. We're talking with Therese here, who was recently arrested in New Hampshire last year. I guess it was seven or eight months ago at this point. But yeah, basically she was arrested for disorderly conduct, I think was the actual charge. And they're saying that she said, amen. I'd immediately be like, trial, please. In support of, you know, something that someone has said, even if she had said it, you know, that's not disorderly. 603-283-6160. There's more coming up. Yeah! 
It's Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. If you would like to join us at 603-283-6160. And these social media purges, they appear to be sort of dying off or at least slowing down here on Free Talk Live. We spent the better part of the last two years being suspended off and on from various social media platforms, primarily YouTube. And that all that did was chase us directly to Odyssey. That's a... That's a platform that is built off library, which is a decentralized, uncensorable media sharing protocol. Odyssey is censorable, but they're not going to censor us. It's run by the same people who run libraries, so th- or it's owned by the same company. I forget. They, they, they split the two apart a number of months ago, and I don't remember exactly what legal corporate mechanisms they did to do that. But it's not accurate to say that they're the same company, because okay. they're not anymore. However, our channel there is video.freetalklive.com. When YouTube started kicking us off, when Facebook kicked us off, that's where we went. Video.freetalklive.com because there we don't have to worry about our opinions getting us kicked off and you know YouTube We or, know the owner. We we do know the owner. That that's true. <laughs> but that's not why we're not worried about getting kicked off. We're not worried about getting kicked off because their their ideology aligns closely with ours. And while Odyssey isn't a free speech platform, Library very much is. And I gotta tell you, still useful. Has not been, like, overwhelming me with troll nonsense. I use it all the time. Wait for it. (laughs) Anyway, we're talking with uh, Therese here from New Hampshire, who was one of the people arrested at the Executive Council meeting for those... Who don't live in New Hampshire or who just don't remember, there was a vote about $29 million or something like that. I don't remember the exact figure that Sununu wanted to accept to be used for COVID money. And the executive council was like, no, we're not going to accept this money because evidently they have to approve it for Sununu to have accepted that money or something. I don't know the ins and outs of how their their crazy little system works. But then they held a re revote and, and they did not open this one to the public or something like that or people attended and they said it was unsafe so they finally held a third one i believe it was the third one where there was no public gathering whatsoever and they voted to accept this 29 million dollars teresa attended the first meeting that was highly publicized and she was arrested there allegedly for saying amen allegedly she said it's in the documents but that's that's well, the, the allegation. The documents allege yeah. that she said that. <laughs> so the document says that Spire was arrested. Um, my attorney says every time you speak to it, just say they, you know, I allegedly said the word so that I don't admit that I did anything, even though all the video that was there does not show any. They can't give a bill of particulars to even show where I ever said it. So yeah, um, I, I yeah, understand entirely. Yeah. I mean, whether you yeah. whether you, you <laughs> said it or yeah. not, it's best to point out that this document merely alleges that you said it. I, I am just taken aback by this whole thing. So, like, I, I, I totally get that you're in the position of, like, I, I need to now sort of prove that I didn't say this thing. But it's like, it's amen. And it's saying the word amen. That is both your freedom of religion and your freedom of speech in one and that is not allowed and you now need to prove that you did not exercise your freedom of speech or religion well you're absolutely right it wasn't allowed during COVID 19 where they passed the the city of whatever it was where sununu lives they passed the ordinance where you couldn't pick it in a residential area i mean they specifically his residential area 
well, within their township, and yeah. he happened to live in that township, and his brother happened to be on the city council board that voted for that. So, I mean, a lot of underhanded stuff, but the, the summary of it was that, yes, they absolutely did say, no, There's no. this is not a free speech zone. You can't speak your mind freely here. And they evidently applied that to the state house or wherever this executive council meeting was being held. Therese, how, how, how is all of that shaking up? I assume you pled not guilty and you're expecting a trial at some point. Yeah, our next hearing will be our fifth hearing, um, July 20th, and we've actually finally done, our legal team has done a motion to dismiss, so it's a hearing to see if we can get the judge to go ahead and dismiss them. If not, trial dates will be set at that point. Um, but needless to say, that got me um, very interested in what the hell is going on in New Hampshire and how is this happening. Um, and you know, is known in high schools, tenacious Therese on the basketball team. And um, my dad's blood runs through me. And when things don't seem right, I just, I, I'm not able to easily let it go. So started doing a lot of digging and understanding. And I'll be honest, when this all started for me, I didn't know what Rhino meant. I didn't know um, what a free stater was. I happened to probably be one because I relocated from California to New Hampshire because I wanted to live free and I loved the motto and I loved that there was no income tax or state tax. And, um, you know, that was 22 years ago, but I remember, you know, telling my dad, well, the libertarians, don't they just like, you know, as long as I'm not hurting anyone, just leave me, leave me alone. And my dad was like, yeah, but you'll never, your vote will never count unless you register a Republican. And so that's kind of, you know, the extent of what I ever 22 years later, still true. Yeah. Dabbled with, Um, But in the meantime, I'm like, this is a Republican governor. Like, how is this happening? How are my friends all losing their jobs? How is everyone losing their business? How is it that we can't go to the beach? Like, how is it that my children aren't getting... Well, we could go to the beach. Uh, We did go to the beach, in fact. Uh, Ian, myself, and a few others went. And I think Footloose actually went with us. I don't remember. This may have been... Before we met, oh, I snuck loose. in with my two boys. Are you kidding me? I grew up in okay, Southern awesome. California. I wasn't going to let my <laughs> five and six year old not have fun in the sand. But Glad I mean, what I was you. doing was like against the rules or whatever, which was ridiculous, right? But you know, people weren't able to go to church. I'm like, oh, what the hell is happening in our world? Um, and here I am, a nurse working through the pandemic. So you know, it's not like I'm uneducated as to the fact that we were dealing with something. But anyways, long story short. Um, you know, this entire time, I'm like, we have a serious problem. I'm looking around the world, looking at the people crying out in Shanghai, uh, people being quarantined in Australia, reading up on John Sununu, Chris's brother, working for the World Economic Forum, reading up on what the Great Reset really is and Agenda 2030. And I'm like, holy crap, it's like right here at our doorstep, right in front of us. How can I save this for my boys? And is it too late? Um, and then learning, you know, standing out, um, getting to know people like Footloose and um, Derek and um, Jason and just all these amazing people in the last six months. So you mentioned something called The Resolve. Can you tell me about that? Yeah. So The Resolve was this idea that birthed just in April. It was basically what if we all, the the libertarians, independents, and those of us that are for the Constitution all joined forces together and did a massive orchestrated write-in ballot. We could we could do the lineup and pick the lineup for anyone we want, even if they're not going to campaign and not going to be like an established politician. Like if we pulled all of us together and we assembled, we could have a legislator that 
legislative body that is by the people for the people, civilian legislative, the way our forefathers intended it to be. And, you know, when I'm hearing that it's 800,000 or no one can go up against the Nunu after what he did to the nine of us because nobody has $2 million to run up against him and win, it just pissed me off. And so as I noodled it, I'm like, you know, if I just had 100 people and they went and got 10 people and they went and got 10 people, in four months we would have 400,000 people that could just write in people we know that we could trust to do the right thing for us. So do you have a website for this initiative? Yeah, so it's we the people in H.org. There's a tab that says the resolve. Um, the only thing, we, we purchased the plugin. It's all on a secure server by another constituent that lives in the Lakes region that developed the website for us. So it's all secured up. But we're just asking really for people's email and zip code. And the reason we're asking for the zip code is we want to be able to make sure that we're going to have enough people participating in any one district to pull the Senate the senator out and put someone right. we want in same with the executive council and where we're anemic we're going to then go and be uh, intentional and go sure. and help people out for the council Therese, thank you so much for the call tonight. That's wethepeopleNH.org. Uh, definitely give us a call after uh, your next hearing. I didn't write down the date. I think you said July the 20th. Let us know how that goes. Uh, surely they're going to dismiss these nonsensical charge, charges. In the meantime, check out wethepeoplenh.org, 603-283-6160. If you want to join us here on Free Talk Live, there's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. When you're about to take control of the airwaves, 603-283-6160. If you'd like to do that, that's 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. Beagles Mountaineer. And Rich Rich. And we've been talking about a number of things, honestly, uh, before we got to talking about um, things happening here in New Hampshire and COVID-19 and all of that and... We the people in H dot org with Therese. We were talking about social media and oh, um, and, and since we uh, uh, delved into New Hampshire politics for a second, uh, just a shout out to any of the people in New Hampshire. We still need to get Jeremy Kaufman on the ballot, and let's face it, that will be hilarious. So uh, go find someone who has one of those petitions and sign him. He's serious. Yeah, there's there's some He's sitting serious. right there. That's right. I, I have not watched his latest video, the oh, lizard people you're one. Oh, out. <laughs> well, it's short and it's funny. I it's, saw the bombs yeah, are good. gay one or whatever okay. it was, and, and that was really good. That was what I expected from him, you know. Yeah, I, admittedly, it's not as good as that one because that's kind of hard. That that's a high bar. Uh, also, it's not as long. So, uh, but it's it's great. It's just great. He's I, right. I'm going to have to check it out. I mean, basically, I'm assuming he wants to be a lizard person. Is, yes. Is that, yes. That's yes. The he wants to be elected taking. for lizard person so that he can take control of your life. Okay. Yep. And he's serious. So this is a guy who runs uh, <laughs> the Odyssey platform, by the way, the the one that we're always promoting, the guy who wants to be a lizard. I, Jeremy's great, though. I, I love him. And I... I loved his pretty previous video. I don't remember exactly the specifics of something about make bombs need to be gayer or something like that. Yeah, he wants to bomb brown people, but like having the most minorities and genders possible doing it. Yeah, which is, I mean, as far as goals to aspire to, that's not the worst one I've ever heard. 
but it's it's all it's I'm gonna have to check out the lizard people thing because I've not seen it yet. <laughs> yes, yes, you are. But we were talking about fertilizer and and crops and the oncoming upcoming food shortages. The International Rice Research Institute evidently predicted crop yields could drop ten percent in the next season as a result of this fertilizer shortage, which I didn't know this and I would not have expected it to be the case. Evidently, fertilizer is a petro product. Mm-hmm. So if you have but see, the United States doesn't really need Russia for oil. Right, they they don't really need Russia in order to produce fertilizer because they could just stop exporting oil to Russia and importing oil from Russia. It's really stupid, and it's actually well, something I learned from you one night. We need to give sixteen percent of our oil to Canada. We need to get sixteen percent of our oil from Canada because if we don't, who will tax and regulate it? Well, that's that's a trade balance, right? Otherwise, you have a trade deficit or a <laughs> exactly. trade surplus. Exactly. I mean, we can't use our own oil like some kind of peasant. How are we supposed to tax it, regulate it, and give kickbacks to the donors of political campaigns? You mentioned trade deficits, and this was one of the things I loved most about Ron Paul, because when people talk about trade deficits, it always sounds so so terrifying and so scary. And then he just points out and goes, oh, oh no, I have a trade deficit with the grocery store where <laughs> I get all sorts of products from them, and they don't get any products from me. They just get, they just get currency. There is no deficit. There's just a, a difference in the types of goods being sold or traded. You well, can't give all those goods to other but, countries. Well, and that's the thing. I'm not competing with the grocery store. Like, I am their customer. Is that customer. why the United States and Russia and China and, and that's, that's Canada why and all them people, do this is They're like, we're competing with them and we're not. Oh. We're not ex- and, and, and honestly, it is profound ignorance that leads people to that concern. Because, like, if you knew anything about how the U.S. dollar works and its place as the, the world reserve currency, yeah, we have to have a trade deficit with everyone all of the time. The second we lose a trade deficit, then we start pricing it in whoever's balancing out. They do have an unhealthy view of competition. Like, I have a libertarian view of competition where I think it's a good thing. Healthy competition is a good thing. But just because I value competition doesn't mean I want to see, you know, the New England Patriots put the Tampa Bay Buccaneers into the ground dead and buried. You know, I want them to compete. I want them to do that in a healthy way. I don't want them to beat each other to death on the football field. But the way these people view competition right. on the international scale, it very much is that. They, they're not looking at Russia as a competitor. They're looking at Russia as an enemy. Yeah. Don't you think competition... As an existential threat. Don't you think competition is just an inefficient use of resources? No, well, we wouldn't know it was if you've it was inefficient two, or two not. Two people making the same thing when one of them could do it with less. Mm, well, no, that's the thing. So we have well, no way of determining you, which one could do it less if widgets, they're not competing, right? though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's say you and I make widgets, right? Well, if I stop making widgets, you're going to get lazy. You're you're going to make poorer widgets. You're going to charge more for them. But as long as I'm making widgets too, like you have a reason to to stay sharp. And I mean, sure, it's harder on you. Yes. But it's but it's way easier on everyone who's buying your widgets. Harder on me, and you could just go make something else and be like the monopoly provider of your own thing and reap all those benefits instead of easier said than done. Splitting it half with me, like creating, well, you need a government a for that. Monopoly okay. is is way harder than that. Well, I'm not sure a monopoly would ever rise in a free market, right? Because for every one person who just loves Coke, there's one person out there who loves Pepsi. Oh, yeah. Well, 
monopolies per se just don't exist for very long in anything resembling a free market. But right. you do get like a, a, a certain portion. Of, so like Coke definitely dominates that market. And yeah. like you can get a Diet Coke anywhere in the world. Whereas if you ask for not Russia, know, uh, I want to. <laughs> It's just not the same because they've removed all the trademarks. So you can still get a Diet Coke, it's just not made by Coca-Cola. See, that's what I would do if I was a Russian entrepreneur or a Russian business owner. They're like, okay, Burger King, we're, we're pulling out of Russia, and I ran a Burger King. I'm like, okay, well, we're we're Burger Queen now. You can just call it Burger products. King. Yeah. You can still call it Burger King. Like, that's a beautiful part about it. They, they could, yes, but I think they probably wouldn't in that particular okay. case. And and I wouldn't. I, I would change the name. But like, okay, well, we're not paying you royalties then or whatever the franchising fees or all of that right. nonsense is. But what is, what is the American corporation called Burger King going to do about it? Sue them? No, that's the thing because the trademark is lifted in Russia. They can't. You right. Just, you just call it Burger King and they can't do anything about it anymore. It was brilliant. Well... <laughs> It was a terrible idea. I, I tend to think that actual competition and actual working together or cooperation, yes, okay. would be a healthier way of approaching this than. Well, but and, we know and, that, and that's an important distinction. So, like, uh, an existential threat is not someone who you're competing with. That's not competition. That's like the threat of annihilation. So, like, being at war with someone and being in competition with them are mutually exclusive categories. So if, you know, if, if as you were pointing out, you know, if the Dallas Cowboys take the field and the Denver Broncos are shooting them, <laughs> that's not a game of football. That's not a competition. Excellent point. Yeah. Uh, and that is how the average person views Russia and China. Like Mark Edge hasn't been on the show a lot, but he back when he was on the show, he was regularly pounding out this anti-Chinese nonsense. Yes, he was. It was bizarre. He was. He was very much a Team America all the way, a bat, Team China bad, right? They they come here, they steal our (laughs) education, they take it back to China, and they get smarter, and we're doing LGBTQ stuff. Well, I will definitely say this. Most of the worst parts of America are the, the things that make us like China and make us compatible with China. Go on. Well, so China has the one-party system. It has, I mean, it's communism. So you have this full-on centralized authoritarian control and the the sort of cultural collectivism rather than uh, what we have, what has made the West wealthy in the first place was the idea of individual rights, of personal property, this sort of uh, individualistic uh, frontier spirit kind of thing. And as we lose that, we become a worse and worse country. And the intellectual property to help those inventors and entrepreneurs keep the rights to their products and their labor. Oh, no. It's, uh, oh, okay. the, the intellectual property thing, like, that is the decision of the government. If the government decides this counts as intellectual property, then it counts as intellectual property. And as, as true as that is in this system is the worse it gets here. Regrettably, that does seem to be the case, and it's not. I, I, I like giving Mark a hard time about China back in the past. Of course, he's not here to defend himself, but we see the same thing happening with Russia uh, today. People always talked about how Trump colluded with Russia, and, and I love that wording because it was always the word colluded. Well, one doesn't collude with one's friends; you only collude with the enemy. It's sort of that. It's it's never said. They never say he's colluding with the enemy. Mm, but any okay. other time you hear the word collusion. That's the context of that's the next yeah, three words with the yeah, enemy. Bush didn't collude with Tony Blair because right. they're an ally, right? Okay. Just like they're not charging me with collusion. 
They're charging me with conspiracy because if you're friends, it's conspiracy. He wasn't conspiring with the Russians. He was colluding. Because one colludes with an enemy, one conspires with friends, presumably. Interesting distinction. And that's how that's how people view Russia. They're not. They're an existential threat. They're they're not friends. They're not partners. They're not competitors. They're enemies. And I think that mentality has to change. That worldview has to change if we're Amen. going to be free. It's Free Talk Live, where you're invited to take control of the airwaves to talk about whatever is important to you. 603-283-6160, if you'd like to do that. Again, that number 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. Peakless Mountaineer. And Rich Rich. And coming up, we're going to talk about Pax Lovid Mouth. Uh, it's what grapefruit juice mixed with soap would taste like, evidently. That sounds nasty. Paxlovid, Paxlovid, I don't know what it is. It's a medication that people are supposed to take for five days if they get COVID-19. And I, I'm not entirely clear. So completely unnecessary. Yes, I'm not entirely clear why a medication is needed. It seems like by the time you were diagnosed and experiencing symptoms, you would be on your way to recovery, at least in the vast majority of cases. But before we get into that, we all rejoiced. I, I rejoiced, even though I haven't even flown since like January when the CDC mask mandate on transportation, federal transportation vanished. And what what continues to baffle me and amaze me about this is that like when the judge made this ruling, the, the pilots who heard about this, who were flying at that time, announced it over their intercoms so that the whole plane would go ahead and take their masks off instead of waiting on Delta Airlines or American Airlines or instead of waiting on some CEO or some attorney to hand down, you know, a, a recommendation or whatever. Did the pilots oh, yeah. really do that? Okay. Oh, yeah. No, I've seen footage. Two okay. thunderous applause, I might add. Okay. And that's the most amazing thing, right? You had all these people who were anxious to take their masks off and who were doing it because they didn't want to get kicked off off of planes. Look, I, I'm with you on that one. The, the only time I consistently wore a mask at, at all during the COVID-19 pandemic, other than at work where I had to because it was my job and I had to make money was on airplanes okay and it was awful like they would like the little stewardess would like remind you if you were not putting your mask back on between sips okay not kidding ridiculous i mean, I, I believe the, the whole mask coming off of the pilots like i saw the videos i felt like maybe it was staged so fine if it wasn't. It's hard to believe, isn't it? That right. That the the airline pilots would be so excited about this that as it was breaking. Understood. But even even that, right? Like so the the mandate has been lifted from the federal government. Like their employer, the airlines, still may have had policies in effect that precluded that from happening. And that was, yeah, I think as libertarians, much, I think they were pretty much just willing to bite that particular bullet. Okay. But as libertarians, right, you've got to give some credence to the private owner of the private plane and whoever takes ownership well, of that. I and, like, absolutely the rules. do not. If I any of these were private airlines and using private airports, sure. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, for one, 
private. Yeah, because that's re- that's a real industry that people can enter into, which is why there are so many different airlines and so few restrictions on them. I mean, it's a, it's a high cost barrier to entry, but I don't. You know, it is a profoundly high cost barrier. To you enter. cannot. You can, get, you can go buy a plane and start you, charging people. You can buy a plane. Uh, the average American. I mean can't afford a plane but even if you okay. could, you're going to end up with like a four-seater or a six-seater or a cessna or something like that's that. how you get started man it start, sounds great right start banking those payments charter flights are illegal okay yeah by by selling someone a flight you're automatically breaking the law okay yeah so i mean any circumstance where uh so like uh the the chilling effect right I mean, if uh, a bunch of companies are getting sued over, uh, like, letting someone say a certain thing, and then a company says, don't say this thing, like, that's not actually their choice. Like, they are in the circumstance of, huh, well, there's a probability that I will be locked in a little room if I let you do this. Okay. So they don't actually get to make the decision of, hey, do we want to let people wear, you know, human faces? I mean, I hear you. I'm I'm not a pro masker, um, but businesses set the policy. Yes, and at some point, well, if you're not if you're going to disrespect okay. all of that, then, I would okay. Then well, throw let, all since we're since we're going here, let's talk about who actually owns these companies. Okay, now if you pick a particular, just pick a an airline and find out who actually owns more stock than any other group. Turns out it's actually all of the retirement funds of every single level of government, city, state, county, in every single one of their departments. If you add those together, they own all of the major corporations. They literally own them. The government does. And they absolutely do meet up on a yearly basis to say, hmm, which companies are following uh, our expectations as as government people to our community and the ones that don't follow your expectations get sold and guess what happens when the majority shareholder sells all your stock so there's this isn't a private company okay. there hasn't right. been such a thing for a very long time i was going to ask where's the dividing line then because this is america right we're not we're not state owned like at least in thought in theory for i tend most to things. Take the position that if you're a government employee, you should be forbidden from owning anything except government dollars. Okay. That's your product. That, that Those stupid sheets of paper, that's your product. Stand by it. You shouldn't be allowed to own stocks. You shouldn't right. be allowed to own cryptocurrency or gold or silver or anything else because the government regularly attacks those things. So mm-hmm. if, if, the, if we're saying that the government owns all of these airlines, are you also then calling the pilots government agents or government employees? Uh, unwittingly, that, yes. Okay. They are unwitting government agents. Okay. So again, where's the dividing line? Like how big does your corporation have to be? Or how well, big does your company you have to be? the moment you ask to become incorporated, you become an employee of the government effectively. There is that. Okay. And, and that is is definitely a line that I draw, but I can see how that's like a different line. Because I absolutely think that we should... like. If we're, we're going to have to have a government, and if we're going to have to have this entity called a corporation with its little legal shield, okay. if those things are necessarily true, then we should absolutely go back to where it was at the turn of the century, where the only corporations allowed to exist had to, A, have a temporary lifespan, specific and non-renewable, and B, had to perform a public service. Okay. 
So, I would, but short of those, like, yeah, like Aria was saying, if you're a government employee, you shouldn't be able to have a, 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 a company stock in your retirement plan. Well, what, were you a government employee when you were delivering pizza then? What, what, I'm not the one saying that the average airline employee, the average airline pilot is a governmental employee. I, I would say the airline is a is a governmental entity. Well, I said I asked if the pilot would be considered a government employee because they work for the for corporation. What purpose? What do you mean for what purpose? For what purpose? Are, are they a government employee to fly the airplane? Like, are we talking about like who has to pay their life insurance, or are we talking about or, uh, morally and ethically? No, I'm saying if if the contention is that because the the government has stock in the airlines, that the airlines is a government agency. Well, it's more than just, just stock. stock. Okay. Yeah. The, the pilots have to be FAA licensed. They have to go through all of these FAA training things. So they, they have to get a license to be a, a pilot directly from the government. Okay, but fine. But the contention was that because the airlines are a governmental organization somehow, then the pilots worked for them. I, I said, or the pilots government employees for what purpose to fly the plane oh to uh, like uh, is are like they does flying, working are they working for the plane, government are they flying the plane for the government is that what you're asking no i'm saying if you i i guess i don't understand the the for what purpose because i don't think it's relevant to my question if the government owns the airlines mm-hmm. and you work for the airlines mm-hmm. in whatever capacity are you a government employee and the answer i got was yes because anytime you incorporate a business you are then a governmental institution, mm-hmm. and it would then follow that anyone working for an incorporated institution, right, is a government employee. Well, and so and my question was direct. Well, and this isn't black and white, though. Oh, so well, like, that, that's there, my question. So Where's the line? Well, well, and that's the thing. So uh, the the line of, of of zero has definitely been crossed by working for a corporation. Okay. Like the company's existence is at the whim of the government at that point. So you've you've passed out of 100% private. So but delivering pizza, there are gradations from that depending on how close you are to the government. Dole. Delivering pizza for a corporation, government employee or not government employee? Uh, a little bit. It's okay. a bit. I mean, how many Less degrees so of Kevin? CIA. How many degrees from Kevin Bacon are you at that point? I don't know. Because that's an important question, and we need to know. What are your thoughts? 603-283-6160. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, where you can take control of the airwaves and talk about whatever is on your mind. 603-283-6160 if you'd like to weigh in. Again, that's 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. Beakless Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. And coming up, we're going to be talking about Paxlovid mouth, whatever that is, because it's a thing, and I think it's funny, and I think it's worth talking about this horrible-sounding side effect. I think you got to separate the words a little bit because pushed together, I don't, I don't always hear the mouth part at the end, like it's an oral thing. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Puxlovid mouth. mouth. Like Portsmouth. Puxlovid mouth. Puxlovid mouth. Oh, I see. Yeah. Well, my bad then. But they are. I just. I, it I'm, is like the term for it. Like, like, okay. like the COVID loss of smell and taste thing. Right. I, I, I mentioned that had a term term as well, but this is the Paxlovid mouth. Like right. this is the 
primary symptom that you get from taking this medication that presumably is meant to keep people safe from COVID-19 for whatever reason. Makes you take soapy grapefruit. Yes. Okay. That's what they're saying. But uh, before we get into that, we're going to be talking about uh, the Fauci CDC mandates and Fauci saying that because that was how we got into talking about airlines and private corporations and stuff like that was the lead into that, the explanation of what happened with the CDC and the mandate. There was a CDC recommendation where they didn't follow the correct protocols or the correct steps or however they were supposed to do it. And a judge in Florida, more than two years later, decided, oh, yeah, you guys, this is unconstitutional. You guys didn't do this correctly. And that struck the mask mandate from the TSA, from the airlines, from the trains. I've never ridden in a train across state lines. But presumably you would have to have a mask on it, right? You people that way. Hmm. Cheaters. Would you have well, to wear a mask to so, ride a train? So people think that they're like fundamentally anti-technology. They're just really careful with the use of technology. Okay. So like they don't want everyone to have a car because then we'll live further apart and won't like live next to each other and have, uh, you know, like walkable communities. So you could give one an AM radio as a gift. Well, possibly. I mean, they, they kind of have to get approval for it. Okay. So like they'll have a car for the community in case they need it to, you know, go into town, pay taxes and come home. I like the way the Family Guy portrayed this best. It's like you know, they're just looking around, like, yes, this 1864 level of technology. This is the exact perfect level of technology that God intended, and this is where we're going to say no more, no less. Well, I mean, I can see the appeal because, like, if you look at you know everyone who designs, like, oh, I designed Facebook. Children don't ever ever go onto Facebook. Oh, I designed the iPad. Children, you are not allowed to have an iPad. Like, seriously, the people who develop these technologies forbid their own families from using them. So, like, it might actually, there might be something to that. I think there's, I think the balance is a little further on this side. Like, I'm a huge fan of cryptocurrency. I I think that is a fundamentally positive and good technology. Even though, yeah, sure, uh, someone somewhere is using it to buy drugs that they really shouldn't be buying. And it's a lot, still trading in chickens. It's a lot easier to buy drugs with cash than it is to buy drugs with That's crypto. Fact. That's, That's the fact. most amazing part about it. Like the dollar <laughs> is still better for all the nefarious things they blame crypto for. Oh, without a doubt. You can't snort your cocaine with a Bitcoin. <laughs> anyway, let's go to the phones. We have David calling from New Mexico. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Here comes the judge. Here comes the judge. Here comes so, a parts of a COVID mouth. Here comes a what? Whatever you the COVID say, mouth you, was. Oh, Paxlovid mouth. That's it. I thought you. I thought you were being racist for a minute. That's that's fine. That's no, fine. I, I say that for off the air. Okay, that's good. That's good. So, so uh, last night I was talking about the boxing match or the almost boxing match in the black barber shop where I go get my my white haircut. And uh, Judge Tommy Jewell, you remember that name, Tommy Jewell? Tommy no, Jewell. We don't remember any of these of, names. I, I we remember a couple. <laughs> I do. He was and talking Monica about this. He, he was talking about this last night. Yeah, John J. Yeah. Romero. Tommy Jewell. Husband, so husband appa- of apparently he had a uh, a like three hundred pound six foot something uh, ninth dan Ang- black belt of karate in, right up in angry his black man angry angry black man angry black man yeah I made him angry okay why and what 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 did you do to make him angry he was just I asked him David. a question oh. I, I asked him I asked him a question dare I ask what the question was <laughs> please don't <laughs> he, well. 
It, it, actually, I said, I, I said, uh, you know, hey, uh, you're married to Angela Jewell, you know, the judge that uh, wrongfully separated me from my children. Oh, without, I, can uh, see. I, really, I see why this. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Understood. And, 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 and I, so I asked him that, you know, I asked him that question, you know, about his wife uh, uh, breaking the law. You know, remember now, I proved that the other judge, Zamora, broke the law. I proved that with unanimous decision at the New Mexico Court of Appeals. But Judge Angela Jewell, the wife of Judge Tommy Jewell, she also broke the law. And I asked him about that, and instantly he went from happy black man to angry black man. Well, you called, his, you called his wife a criminal. I doubt it had, had anything to do with his race. Also fair. Yeah. Well... Thank it you for pointing that out. I appreciate it. <laughs> makes a phone Again, call I'm only racist off the air. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I'll be racist on the air. Thank you, David. So someone has I to noticed. <laughs> yeah. Does someone? So, anyway, so I mean, David. Really, hey, wait a minute, David. I, minute, I feel like no, hey, no. You wait a minute, I, David, I, because I feel I, like you were really on the cusp of learning an important lesson here, which is that if you go up to someone who's three hundred pounds and six foot nine or whatever you said, and you start asking them about their wife, who you're accusing of being a criminal, you you may have crossed some social boundaries that you should not have crossed. Oh, you, so we're not supposed to ask about. We're not supposed to be asking about the truth. And the facts, no truth, no facts. I'm saying that's unusual. And if I was a barber or whatever, at if stab I, just, him with the scissors. Oh, he's a judge. He's a judge, man. He's a judge. Tommy Duel. Tommy Tommy Jewel. I can't take any more of that tonight. Did he really say truth? Like with an F? He did. Okay. I, I was trying. To, that was absolutely an F. <laughs> I was trying to overlook that and just you know gloss over it and move on. David, uh, I would say thank you for the call tonight, but no, please, no, I, I don't Never thank again. you for the call tonight. Uh, but this is Free Talk Live. He can call in tomorrow night if he wants to. He absolutely can. Right? All right. And we would absolutely take his Wouldn't call be and put him to be on. Dead? I would because he knows that I'm on tomorrow. He tends not to call on nights where he knows that I'm on. Like Monday and Tuesday, when if, if you want to listen to the show and you don't want to hear David, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, those are the best nights to listen to them. So we just need Aria on seven nights a week. No. <laughs> don't tell David that. He, he'd get very upset. But, I mean, a lot of terrible things have happened to David. There's no doubt about that. The story that he has is a tragic one, and I don't blame him one bit for having, you know, dedicated his life to pursuing this particular thing where the state has screwed him over. However, approaching some random person at a barber shop and saying, hey, how's your criminal wife doing, black man? Which (laughs) seems to be about what David did. Not, no, no, David, no to all of that. That's not how you interact with human beings. Send him an email. Tweet about him. (laughs) Or tweet at his wife, right? The actual judge that you're accusing of criminal behavior. But don't don't just approach this random person. Drop into her DMs. This is another issue. How does he even know what the judge's husband looks like? He's done a lot of research. He does with his life. I don't. He he does seem to obsess over. I wouldn't know what any of the spouses of any of the judges that I've ever dealt with looked like. That's but the problem. You need to confront them at the barber shop. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live.
It's Free Talk Live, where you can take control of the airwaves and talk about whatever is important to you. 603-283-6160, if you want to do that. That's 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. Peakless Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. And I want to say thank you to Brian Simmons, who is tonight's amplifier. This means that Brian is a member of the AMPS program. You can find it at amps.freetalklive.com. That's amps.freetalklive.com. All it takes is five bucks per month. That gets you in. It comes with an app only, po- an apps only podcast. There's an app only Facebook group. And I think there's even an app only room on the troll ridden matrix server that we were talking about earlier. You can find that, by the way, at chat.freetalklive.com. But really. And there's still trolls in the apps room. <laughs> the, Somehow. There are still trolls there. And if you want to join those trolls, check it out. AMPS.freetalklive.com. Thank you so much for your contributions, Brian. It's the best way to advertise, market, promote, and support Free Talk Live. So if you value the show and the ideas of liberty, being on national radio, reaching more audience, growing the podcast, all that great stuff, check it out. That's amps.freetalklive.com. We have Jermaine who is calling. I actually didn't get your location. Jermaine, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, this is Jermaine. I, I, I live in Oklahoma City, and I just want to – I really enjoy your, 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 your radio show but I have some issues with some things you, y'all been talking about lately. Is that okay? Yeah, go ahead. Well, you want to know what the truth is? I'll give you the truth. The truth is that Joe Biden is the greatest president we've ever had. And he is, is Jermaine or Jerome? Jermaine. Jermaine. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Is that sorry, okay? go on. Jermaine. I'm Jermaine the King. That's what they call me. So why would you say that Biden is the best president that we've at least had in our lifetimes? I, I don't remember exactly how you phrased it, but let, let's go with Ever that. Had, I, well, he's, he's, he's been cutting the deficit. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> he sure. cut the deficit. He's sticking up for women. He's, he's trying to make it better for women to get their health. He's priorities to something impact. to women. And. I'm not sure to what extent he actually has any power as the president to do anything about that. He could appoint Supreme Court justices, and he could have done that, you know, prior to this abortion ruling. He chose not to. They should have packed the court. Well, he's going to get rid of the Supreme Court. It's a un, unruly and uh, not necessary court. It's not in the Constitution to, to have that court. So he's, the Supreme he's court. going to get rid of it, yes. He's going is, to get rid is of totally it. in the Constitution. The ultimate court is in the Constitution. Supreme Court, not so much. What? I don't believe that's true. I mean, it's me neither. My problem with the with the Supreme Court isn't whether or not it's constitutional or unconstitutional. It's it's the insanity of giving the state the ultimate power to determine what the state is and is not allowed to do. Because that's that's ultimately what the Supreme Court is supposed to rule on. Is this constitutional? Is this not? And if it's not, then it means the government isn't allowed to do it. But the Supreme Court is part of the state apparatus. And I'd like to back us up to, to point number one. We cannot... So, so your first point was that this is the best president uh, ever, I think you said. And uh, to offer a contrary Lord. point of view, he has dementia and is bringing us very, very close to nuclear annihilation of the human species on planet Earth. Yeah, see, I don't understand how that's even possible. So he's, anyway, he's, poking, he's poking at Russia. He is continuing to refu- to uh, to give more and more arms to Ukraine, and if he we need to stand with Ukraine, 
No, we don't. We absolutely do not. Well, standing with Ukraine is what is what seems to be pushing the world toward the possibility, which I think is probably overblown, but it is a possibility nonetheless of nuclear war. Well, I don't I don't really think that nuclear war is going to happen. It's we we need to stand with Ukraine and give them as much help as we possibly can. Well, and hold we on, hold on. To, can can you see how nuclear war is more likely than it was? Then was than when? Before the the war between Ukraine and Russia and uh, America helping Ukraine. We've been in a cold war for decades. It's been the same. I don't think there's any change. So you don't think the I Cold think War the... ever ended? No, definitely not. I think it only escalated. And I think that Joe Biden has taken it down a notch. And I think he's here to help every the whole world. Um, taking it down or escalated? I think he's taking it down. Jermaine, thank you so much for the call tonight. I, I wish I could agree. I wish I shared that optimism about Joe Biden. To me, you know, I, I tend to agree with um, Rich Hempicalus Mountaineer on this. He seems like a, a senile old man who probably has dementia and who, while pr- probably not personally responsible for anything that he's done while president, if he, as the president of the United States, wanted to actually make the world a more peaceful place, that would fall within his powers as president. What I want to see from the Joe Biden presidency, as far as like the regular Americans are concerned, is the recognition that as it stands right now, he is the most evidently puppeted presidential person oh, yeah. in history. Did you see the video of the Easter Bunny? Where the where the Easter Bunny like ushered him off stage? Yes. Or, yeah. <laughs> that, that's not something that a president should ever have to. That you, you were escorted off stage by the Easter Bunny. Yes. Yeah. I get it. But every, like his whole persona, right, is just the puppet. And you can see the strings being pulled by whatever conspiracy theory you believe in. But it's clear with the dementia uh, and, you know, the the cognitive disability that he is just going through the motions of whatever he's being told to do. And I want the oh, average American to recognize from time to time. I'm not supposed to talk about this, right? But it's like slips. you are the leader of the free world. You're not supposed to be told what to and to not talk about. But no, we, we, we yeah, it slips out. He's got the the notes. They got the zoomed in shots of the notes where the reporter is going to ask this question. These are the words you say back to the reporter, <laughs> and then you move on to the next question. Okay. Got it, Joe. I got my notes right here. Yeah. Corpop was a bad dude. Do you, do you know where you are? Do you know which position you have in government? Do you know who the first lady is? I am Batman. It is an entertaining presidency, if nothing else, for different reasons. Trump was also entertaining. Trump was much more entertaining. He was. Well, it's more fun. When Biden is having one of his dementia episodes, he's far more entertaining than Donald Trump could ever okay. hope to be. Like All right. listening to Joe Biden. The president of the United States of America talking about kids stroking his leg hair. And that's how he learned about roaches and all this other stuff. Trump is never going to approach that level of hilarity. Okay. Trump is funny for different reasons, though. 
I look forward to Trump's slide into dementia, assuming he's allowed back on Twitter at some point and we all get to witness that. Or in 2024 when he gets voted back in. <laughs> well, if you believe <laughs> one... Definitely a possibility. If you believe one conspiracy theory, he's going to be re... He's going to be re-inaugurated, I think, sometime this month. Oh, okay. Well, now, wait a second. No, they'll push that out. If he's re-elected. currently the real president, then can't he not run the next time? I don't, I don't know what these QAnon people... I, I don't know how they have it in their heads that any of this is remotely plausible. It's like that Harold Camping guy who just kept predicting that the world was about to end. And every time he didn't end, he would just change the date. So aside well, from it being a political thing, mm-hmm. right? If Trump were to have his followers mm-hmm. just follow him, would that not be like an agorist government? Like in parallel to the existing thing? Just like spontaneous secession? Why not? Like, okay, we're we're gonna we're gonna be the United States of America, and you can be whatever you're gonna be. We're gonna follow it, the real president, Donald Trump. It right. wouldn't be because and you guys can follow that guy. Governments and states have leaders. I mean, they have rulers, not leaders. If, if these five hundred thousand people who are following Trump on Truth Social or whatever, if they want to consider themselves to be his follower, that's fine, and they can follow him, and he can instruct them in the same way that you know they're a pastor might or something but like that. They can that. put together a legislature and pass laws and. Try to get an enforcement arm built. Like states what? could decide, I'm the governor of this state. I'm going to follow this president. What? There was a bit of a war about exactly that idea back in the 19th century, where they were like, "No, we have our own president now, and we're going to do things like this." And right. It turns they do out, it in other countries. Yeah, it turns out that that sort of thing is frowned upon oh. by the, the by the people who have the monopoly on violence in a given geographic area, also known as the state. They, they frown upon competition. Force competition. <laughs> Without the force, maybe, but that's not how the state works. There's more coming up here in moments. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Coming up on the last segment of tonight's show, but we're not going anywhere. You can join us in the meantime over on our social media server where many of our hosts are. You can find it at social.freetalklive.com. It's really easy to sign up. It is not overrun by trolls. That's the Matrix server. That's a chat server. But our social media server is a Twitter clone sort of thing built on Mastodon, which is a federated type of server. It's all very complicated and it's really cool. And you don't really have to understand how all of it works, just like you don't have to understand how your debit card does its thing when you make a purchase at the grocery store or whatever. All you need to know is that it works, and we're the ones in control, so you don't have to worry about Twitter censoring you or Facebook censoring you. You would just, in theory, have to worry about us censoring you. And Pay fealty to King Ian <laughs> before you are granted entry. And thus far... We've received, I think, three entire reports because this is a recent change to Mastodon, it would seem, where if someone is reported at Mastodon.social, which is the whole Mastodon thing, evidently, then the admins of the server that person is on get messaged about it. And like, hey, do you want to block this person? Like, we have one person in particular who we've gotten like three reports on. And when you look, they're not even saying anything bad, right? But even if they were, I'd be like, I don't care. Screw them. I mean, they can say whatever they want. They're coming from our server. You know, disfederate us if you want. That's the way this works. But we're we're not going to start banning users or anything like that. But it's a it's a cool system, and I like how it 
allows that sort of policy to be there in place where, you know, they can report this, these people all they want. And this is not people on our server doing the reporting, to be clear. It's people on other servers. Yeah, just block them from your server. Well, I in order to do that, I think they have to disfederate our entire server, oh, okay. I think. I, I'm not sure. Anyway, check it out. It's a really cool system, social.freetalklive.com. We do have Dave calling from Washington State. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, I'm pretty sure that's how I kept getting banned from Twitter is that kind of algorithm where as long as a certain number of people report you, boom, you go into the naughty boy list or something. But um, my issue was I was just on this uh, Supreme Court and uh, abortion pro-life type thing, and I was just going to say I uh, hope that this uh, person that leaked this, my personal opinion is I think they should uh, be disbarred. I really think it should be like a, a federal time in prison type thing. And the only reason I say that is because Every time we see people behaving, you know, more and more crazy in society, if you never actually put any kind of punishment down, you're just going to get more crazy, whether it's people breaking into stores in California and just stealing stuff and running out of the store, or you get these riots and people burning things and just all this crazy activity or pulling statues down because they don't like the statue. Um, if you never actually make people pay you know, a penance for that, you're just going to keep getting it. And that's why I hope this person gets, uh, you know, pretty severely uh, punished. Well, it was a controlled leak. Go ahead. Well, it very may, very well may have been a controlled leak, but psychologically speaking, punishing people for behavior that you think is bad is not really going to change people's behavior nearly as much as rewarding good behavior does. Yeah, my thought is, I who do, did they harm? Yeah. Like, okay, well, you 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 released this information. Now, as far as I'm concerned, that's that's speech. I I like the idea of a reward, rewarding good behavior. The problem is. Um, if you don't punish bad behavior, it also encourages more of it. Just like if this person just, let's say, gets disbarred. No, that's not true at all. Humans are animals. And I look to my dog to, as the classic example of this, I, I don't ever punish my dog for doing anything that I think is bad. I just don't reward it. When it, when she does something good, I reward her. When she does something bad, I ignore her. I don't address it. And and eventually she stops doing it. You know, I think that if the person that did this actually, let's say, had to serve just, for example, two years of federal prison time, you know, no early release. For boom, what? Yeah, two years of federal prison? Yes. For yes. what? Who is, a, who's been harmed by oh, their actions? Well, hang on, hang on. As opposed to if you don't do something like that and then the person goes on to work at MSNBC or make Great. 600000 a year or something like that, then there's no, it's like, hey, I could be the next person to go there and I just have to do something like this. Cool, I, I hope they work. leak from MSNBC too. Uh, okay, so that's that's the whole point. The reason that this leaking is a bad thing is if you look at the way courts work, the, the, the judges are supposed to make rulings based on the black and white issues of the law in front of them. They're not supposed to have to take into account a bunch of crazy people coming outside their house and for whatever reason, they say, I no, this, no, I that's that. that. That's that Supreme Court justice nonsense. I don't remember the name of the guy doing this. No, it's, he's he's exactly. the one saying that the Supreme Court, these institutions, they can't be bullied by the people. No, you're they wrong. No, the whole point of democracy is that we, the people can bully the government into doing what we demand they do. That's the entire you, yes, point can, of the governmental system bull- that you <laughs> praise. Yeah, no, you can bully your your people you elect into office and get them out of office. And that's they appoint the Supreme Court justices. Okay, so yes, all of this would have just happened later. Court. Like, if this hadn't been leaked, there would yes. still be all of this anger. There would well, still be all which, of these, like, you know, people upset. Yeah. There would still be which people outside their house. It just would have happened yes. later. But but which I think what they're saying time. is there there's now the opportunity for them to change their mind based on the outrage 
No, I the don't vote has already is, happened. Actually. Okay. Uh, yeah, the, the votes already happened. I mean, it, it no, is it has, is political suicide to like. Dave, I need you to hang on for a second. It, it is political suicide to be like, oh well, now that I know you're upset, I'm going to change my vote. Like, I'm not sure that's even possible. Okay. The and vote has def- already happened, though. This is the majority opinion that they've already voted. They've already decided. You know, this person's going to write down what the majority thinks about this, and the majority right. is going to sign off on it. And someone's going to write a dissenting opinion. So all of that has already taken place. It just okay. got leaked before the Supreme Court was ready for it to be leaked. Are you still with us there, Dave? Yeah, no, the vote's not finished. Like they, they do this numerous, in June is when the vote comes out, and actually it is possible that they change their opinion based on another judge. One of the other justices might make a very good argument, and that can influence another judge along the way. Just because you start writing a dissent or a, a majority opinion doesn't mean the opinion stays that way. Well, they let me let me run another opinion. scenario past you. So they release this closer to the election, and it has this huge effect on who ends up being elected to the, the Senate and Congress. That's why it's a controlled yeah. leak. Right. Because all of a sudden, yeah. this is the debate. Yeah. Well, yep. and and I'm I'd rather we have the debate about this now than have it, you know, when the people with terribly short memories are are about to vote. Dave, okay. what would be the issue? Even if even if you're correct and they are going to have another vote, what what do you care if if they change their opinions and they go, okay, you know what, we we're going to anger well, too many people with this? You no, know, because I don't think a justice. If I was a judge, I'm not considering at all what a person out on the street is yelling about. I'm strictly looking at the law, the way the law is written. If you don't like the ways laws are written and you're upset about that as a person on the street, get your legislators to change the law. Have you ever tried that, Dave? Have you ever tried getting a legislature, getting a member of the legislature to even respond to you? Oh, yeah, I have, and it's not very good. Okay. The the idea behind the lifetime appointment of the Supreme Court justices is, again, so that they don't have to worry about the opinions of other people. Right. Yes, like right. their job is secure for life and they can make they can decide how they how they're ruling on their conscience in accordance with the Constitution, et cetera, et cetera. Except right. for when people are, are, are writing somewhat, you know, even protesting severely outside your house, there is a bit of threat on you. And the, the bigger issue is that it's not just your liberty as, as far as the justice. Everybody that lives in your neighborhood is now having their liberty infringed on. Hold, like, hold on, hold on, time like, out. Having that. had people protesting, in fact, outside of my house before, no part of that infringed upon my rights or was any sort of threat to me or infringed upon any of my neighbor's rights. Yes, it infringed on your neighbors. They can't drive in, up and down the street the way they want to because they're blocking the street they they if an ambulance you don't have enough one protesters. Of your neighbor's houses, blocking the street is very different from protesting across the from my house you no, understand that most, of, most protests yeah, most, do not in fact block the street a, a lot of them do if they're large enough if you have a thousand people there you they can't all sit on the grass or you know you got to do anyway you can't get on the sidewalk so they end up in the street oh, and you end fun up fact about traffic. people they have legs, generally speaking, yes, and but, frequently another form of moving about when they don't. So if an ambulance comes down the street, they will move. Maybe. Pretty Dave, much always. More uh, honestly, more or less always, if there is an ambulance that needs to get through where your protest is, people will get out the way. Okay. Dave, thank you so much for the call tonight. I've j- I just still have to disagree. The whole point of the democratic system, whether these justices want to think that they're above it or not, the whole point of the entire system that we have in the United States is that we're supposed to be able to raise our voices to our government and make them change their minds. 
That's the whole point of this entire Constitutional Declaration of Independence apparatus. And if we can't do that, then you're admitting that we live under an unaccountable tyranny that doesn't care what we have to say. I don't care what the Constitution says. I don't care what these ju- the justices have decided the Constitution care- says. I care about what people living today want, the people who are actually affected by what these guys are going to decide, what these justices are going to decide. I don't care what the Founding Fathers would have thought about this issue 230 years ago, however long ago it was. I care about the people today. And if their voices don't matter, then your entire system is worthless. The idea that someone should be abducted to a cold cell for speaking information is absolutely tyrannous. Also terrifying, yes. Two two years in federal prison, this guy said, for, yeah. for leaking what the justices wanted to say before they were ready to say it. I don't know. Join us in the meantime over on our social media server at social.freetalklive.com.